Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Juror Number One. It's been so much fun uh, going through these cases, but it's also so scary to see what can happen to someone when apparently someone wants to get a conviction over everything else. But today we have another very strange story. A story of murder and it's up to you to decide what you think is the truth and what is not. So, this is a murder in Maypearl. Starts off on New Year's Eve in 2018. The police get a call from Sandra Gardner saying that her husband had just been shot by an intruder, been woken up in the middle of the night with the sound of two gunshots and then a third. They need the police there right away. So the police show up and they try to save John's life, but he was pronounced dead. They question Sandra and they ask her what, what had happened. Well, earlier that day, they had just celebrated their 13th anniversary. They seemed to be a happy, happy couple. There's nothing wrong. She said that she was awakened by the sound of two gunshots. She was scared. She slid down beside the bed, hiding from what she saw was a gunman wearing a mask and a hoodie. He pointed the gun at her and said, don't look at me. This isn't about you. John fired me. And he ruined my life. I lost my house. I lost my kids. I lost everything. And he deserved to pay. And he said, I know you have a safe in the house. Empty that safe, and I won't kill you too. So she gives this masked man $18,000, and he tells her to count to 100. And if she moves, he's going to kill her. So she says the intruder leaves, and that's when she calls 911. Well, they take her down to the station for some questioning, just to see, get more of an idea what happened. When they alert the rest of her family, her son, which would be John's stepson, Wesley, who from what it was been described as his mom and him had a great relationship. But the first thing that Wesley said is, investigate my mother. What? Without any evidence yet, all he knew was that his stepfather had been gunned down in his sleep and that there was an intruder. He says, look at my mother. She did this. So they're like, wow. He immediately went to say that his mom killed his stepdad. That's awfully strange, right? Okay. So they ask her, um, do you have any guns in the house? And I'm like, well, yeah, we all, we've had, we're gun collectors. I uh, keep a 38 in my nightstand and uh, we also have other guns. So they, they look around, they didn't find that gun in her house, in her car, outside, anywhere. 
And it just so happens that John had been killed with a 38 caliber right, uh, pistol. So, they can't find the murder weapon anywhere. A few days go by, and they're questioning Wesley again. And they say to him, do you know where your mother keeps her gun out? Because we can't find it anywhere. And he says to them, check under her driver's seat. So, that day they go out to check her car, and what do they find? They find a 38 caliber pistol wrapped in paper towels inside of a uh, plastic bag. And the gun's wet. It's very strange, but they test that gun, and that is the gun that killed John. What? That sounds strange, right? But with that, that was enough to arrest Sandra and charge her with the murder of her husband, John. So this is when it goes to trial. And this is where you would decide if she is innocent or guilty. It's a very strange trial. So first off, they start out with that gun. They find the gun in her car. It is the murder weapon. It does belong to her. But she says, I have no idea how that ended up in my car. And you can see her when she's being interviewed on camera. They say they found the gun in her car. And she's visibly like shocked. Like, what? how? There's no gun in my car. I never keep it, keep it in my nightstand. There's no way. So her defense says, it's awfully strange that Wesley, her son, knew exactly where the gun was at. He says, well, what happened was, and this is so freaking far-fetched. Wesley says that his mom shot John, left the house, threw the gun in the lake, waited a few days after they searched her house and her car, went back to the lake, got the gun, put it in those paper towels and plastic bag, and then put it back in her car. There's a little problem with that, though, is that Sandra had MS. There's no way she could swim into a lake. Then it, also, how the hell is she going to find that gun in the bottom of the lake? And... If she has that hidden, why would she go find the murder weapon and then bring it back to her to further implicate her? Why wouldn't she leave it in the bottom of the lake is the question. Okay. So they dig further in and they go through her search history. And Sandra on her iPad had searched how to kill someone and get away with it. She'd also searched ways to kill a person, and then also fentanyl, followed by cappuccino and espresso recipes. That is pretty damning when a person who potentially killed someone is Googling how to kill someone and get away with it. But 
there's a little problem with that. Because she says she never searched for any of that. And it just so happened that those searches were made while Wesley was at her house on an iPad that didn't have a password. So, you got to think, was Wesley setting his mom up? Because, I mean, you have to be pretty stupid to just Google how to kill someone and get away with it on your personal iPad. Like, it just seemed a little too strange, right? But... The other search of fentanyl and cappuccino recipes, that's a little more damning towards Sandra. So, and then the police questioned every person that John had fired. Because if you remember, the murderer said to Sandra, I'm killing John because he fired me and I lost everything, my house, my family, my kids. He deserved to die for taking, for ruining my life. Well, there's just a little problem with that. Is that they, the police went back and questioned every person that John had fired. And guess what? Every single one of them had an alibi. So they were all ruled out. So the defense presents this idea that Wesley is the killer. He's the one who knew where the gun was at. He's the one that could have searched the internet on his mom's iPad to frame her. They checked his alibi, and it showed he said he was at home watching Netflix, and they got a readout of his cell phone and internet history. And it showed that he was at home during the time of the murder. But on further investigation, those time readouts from Netflix and from his phone were Pacific time. So the hours were off. So he did not have an alibi. So was it Wesley? Well, there's just one problem with that. And a problem with it being anyone but Sandra. You see, she said that the the killer said, you know, that he was fired by John. That's why he's killing him. Talk to her. Like, giving her an entire story. I don't know what kind of killer would sit there and say, well, this is why I'm doing it. And also, I know you have money, so give it to me. Doesn't that seem a little far-fetched? It's like those like villains in a movie where they're like, you know what, before I kill you, I'm going to explain exactly why we did all this. That just doesn't make sense to me. Why wouldn't he just kill him and then get out of there? But the thing about the Wesley idea that the defense is presenting is don't you think a mother would recognize her own son's voice? Even disguised like Batman. Hey, John killed me. Or John fired me, that's why I want to kill him. No, you still don't know that's me. My mom would. 
So her saying this, that he's the killer, she should have known. So that doesn't make any sense. But what the real trouble is here is it comes down to who could have done it, either Sandra or her son. So they dig further into the evidence. And Sandra, right after the murder, she was being interviewed and videotaped in her house. The officer responding said she just acted very calm for what just happened. It was all on tape. And it just so happens that the police, the police officer that was filming it, this is so crazy, updated his phone and lost all of his photos and videos. So all of that information is forever gone, which obviously helped her out by not having that. But the prosecution presents that when tested, Sandra did have trace amounts of residue on her hands. Gunshot residue. Okay. But the defense says that it was only because of her doing CPR. There was not enough to actually prove that she shot that gun. But they did say she had residue on her hands. And then there's the murder weapon. No matter how you slice it, it's very strange that this gun goes somewhere and gets wet, then put under her car that they had previously searched. But the big thing here is, according to the defense, this intruder came there that night to murder John. Okay? We can, okay. If you're saying that, okay. I'll listen. But if you're planning on going somewhere to kill somebody, why would you go inside the house without a weapon, somehow know where this gun is hidden at, find the gun in the nightstand, then kill John, then leave? That doesn't make any sense that a murderer would go into a house without a weapon, then look for one to use. So it points back to Sandra that this gun was hers, was the murder weapon. How would the intruder use that gun? Very strange, right? How, how do you explain that? To me, it's mind-blowing. Once you break it down to this gun that's used is owned by the resident, you kind of have to throw out the whole intruder part, right? In my mind, like I just said, like why would you break in there without a gun? Especially when your only goal was killing someone. Is he just the luckiest criminal ever to go in there, know where the gun's at? Who else knew where that gun was at? Only two people, three people, John, who's dead. Wesley and Sandra. Those are the only three people that knew where that gun was at. One of them's dead. One of them's on trial. So, what do you think? With all of that evidence, what do you think? What would you say? Me? It's very tough. It would be very tough to send someone to prison for life on this evidence. 
But it was her gun. They found it in her car. And her explanation was that it was someone that he fired and no one that he ever fired did it. I would say the only, I don't know. Gosh, it'd be tough. So the verdict of this trial, Sandra was found not guilty. She was acquitted on all charges and set free. And to this day, there's still been no other arrest in John's murder. So this poor man was murdered in his sleep and no one was ever brought to justice. So who do you think did it? Did Sandra get away with murder? Did Wesley do it, her son, and then blame it on his mom? Maybe we'll never know. So that's this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you're sharing and subscribing and all that fun stuff. And do me a giant favor and have just a wonderful day. Thanks so much. Goodbye.